0: And the game turns. It's nine nothing Southern.
1: Well, it started well, didn't it? But uh, Southern ultimately fell to Drake in the Missouri Valley Conference semifinals by a count of sixty-five to fifty-two. Mike Reese on the call. Mike Reese joins us now on In the Doghouse. Mike, welcome and thanks for making time for us. My pleasure. Hi, guys. All right. So, uh, I mean, Brian Mullen's best team gets one step closer in st louis but ultimately falls to the eventual tournament champion drake and uh, boy it sure felt at times in this game that southern had what it took to to advance but ultimately um drake's the better ball club and and hats off to them
0: yeah drake can score and defend i think um i think quite often uh because of the players that they have and for as long as they've played but and because they frequently put up 75 or more points, they get stereotyped as an offensive team by the casual fan. But that was one of the harder teams um, for anybody to score on. They were 33rd in the nation in defense. Southern, by the way, is, is 12th in the uh, nation in defense right now. Um, but this team, you know, frequently because of length, it's a long team, much like Bradley the top two teams in the Missouri Valley conference, they make it very difficult for Southern to score. And and they did again, uh, on uh, Saturday. And, um, and and in the end, I think that's, that's the difference in the game. Uh, you saw it in yesterday's uh, game. Um, Southern played these teams well enough on the defensive end to win. The issue was finding an additional six points, which obviously is very hard to do. It was, uh, a goal at the start of the year to be able to score, you know, upwards of 70 points, 68 points per ball game. And it just sounds so simplistic to keep talking about those things um, and doing simple math. But really when you watch Mullins' program over the last two years, you know the genesis of the program was when he played and he's trying to follow pretty much the same model. Uh, the simple math still works, and they just can't get to that point where they find what seems to be so simple. Can you find six more points? And and consistently they couldn't, and so they ended up in that uh, 64, 65 range, which you know isn't enough, or, well, 60 range, uh, frequently against Drake and Bradley, and that's just not enough.
1: There seems to be uh, uh, a line, uh, I guess, of diminishing returns, so to speak, Uh, to where you sacrifice offense for defense. But I don't feel like this particular club was constructed to sacrifice offense for defense. It just seemed like in key moments against the best teams, they were able to exploit the fact that we needed one more scorer on the floor.
0: Yeah, uh, or needed more points from the top two scorers. Um, You know, I I hear that a lot about Southern's team and and that – you know gosh if they could just get the number uh, a third consistent scorer uh, and that would be 12 to 14 points per game from somebody cuz they had a bunch of guys with uh, 8 7 and 6 and so could johnson get um, could johnson get 6 more himself i you know i it's okay for for damask to get two more it's okay for lance to get four more it's okay for Lance to have more consistent offensive games, uh, other than the, uh, rather than the streakiness that he's become known for. And it's a little bit frustrating, I think for Jones this season, because he became a better free throw shooter. And, um, but yet his other shots didn't fall as well. And frequently, uh, you could argue that, uh, that he didn't take good shots. And, um, you could, Southern, you know, really relied on him uh, to, um, you know, to be on more than he could be on. If he, if he scored as frequently, if he scored his average, really, Paxton, and as frequently as Damask scored his, Southern would have had a handful more wins and, and perhaps uh, could have finished a, a little higher in the standings and maybe threatened the title one more week. Um, so I, you know, it's, a uh, the program took a step this season in 2023. People want steps a lot quicker. Uh, they want results in three years, not five. Uh, Mullins never promised three years. He never promised five years. Really. He did promise building a program, um, quote unquote, the right way. And, uh, uh, that means building by developing players and um, having them stay multiple years. He ended up having one of the older teams in the league uh, that wasn't good enough to beat the oldest team in the league, as it as it turned out, uh, Drake. And so Southern, if everybody stays, um, will have uh, the oldest team in the league next year. And will that be enough? What will the next step be, or do they need to rely – the same question will be there about next year's team, especially if the roster is, you know, ninety percent the same as it is uh, right now. And that is, can they, can they find more points? But he's he's promised to do it the quote unquote right way, and that way is not um, that's not quick. That's why he ended up with a six-year contract, five years to start with, and then he got one year back after the first year was to allow him the security of uh of the time to get that uh done and so uh, it certainly is following that course and he finally got a first uh he's got a friday win uh quarterfinal round win um wanted more but we'll have to settle for that this season and uh next year i would think the goal would have to be to the championship game if not win it
1: hey mike uh do you feel that the build of the roster reached its ceiling uh this year or is there a Potential for more, especially if you do get some of those guys uh, that you're not sure if they're going to be back next year. If you get them back, do you think that there's still more room to grow for them and for the construction of how this roster is, or do they need to maybe pivot and go a different direction for how this roster is constructed?
0: No, I think they're headed for disaster if they pivot and go elsewhere. Um, Matt, I, you know, if all of a sudden guys uh, blow out of here, including um, the top players, uh, Damask and Jones and then let's say uh, some of the freshmen and sophomores leave then he has no choice but to pivot and uh, and and change the roster but that doesn't mean the makeup um, will be much different if different at all in terms of character in terms of strength in terms of um, uh, basketball IQ in in terms of all of the qualities that you see in Southern's players now, uh, whether their names are uh, Jones or Smith, I think they largely will be the same. Now, uh, he's like everybody else. He wants the, um, uh, he wants the six, six wing whose arms stretch from free, free throw line to free throw line who can be a 20 point per game scorer. Wouldn't that look great, uh, on the ball club now? Um, but to get that person before that person is established, uh, be that person a JUCO or be that a transfer. I don't think Southern is a haven for that player. I think it's going to be the player like a Kinar Davis in uh, at Vashon in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Uh, does that person uh, become a scorer? Does uh, does that player? Does that person become a factor next year? We have seen in his transfers that there are going to be guys with multiple years for the most part. There are going to be guys who can probably be coached up on defense. There are going to be guys who uh, can pass, dribble, and shoot. And uh, eventually the focus will turn on being uh, being projected to be able to shoot to actually being able to shoot and get that in the upper 40 range. They're just desperate for that, too. And... Um, I think the existing roster can score more points, but I thought that after last year, too. I think the guys down the line, having watched practice quite a bit, uh, Horniker, Abube, Ferguson, I, I think those guys can score. And um, Southern can use more of that, and they have been indoctrinated into the system, and they have seen what he emphasizes and what he doesn't emphasize. And it seems like they fit right now, but how do you really know about 18 and 19 years old? Year old? I think there's a common worry among fans who um, think that you ought to play those guys in an effort uh, to get them to stay. I think the type of character players that Mullins recruits, if I'm reading uh, and know the players the way I think I know the players, and I could be totally wrong, admittedly, but I don't think the players respond just to that. I think that token playing time would not necessarily mean that a guy would play and would stay. I just I don't I just don't see that. I think it's the development and practice. Do they see their role? Players know. Troy D'Amico knows going forward what his role is going to be on the ball club. And um, and so I think that I think that how they feel about how they are treated now in terms of for their involvement in the ball club and how they see the club going forward, who else are they recruiting? Who are they hosting when Southern brings recruits in? They get an idea what the program is going forward. And I think that matters the most to them. And I think they can score, but I don't think Southern will be a different looking, different playing, different tempos or style of, of team going forward. Um, now if if all of a sudden half the roster has to change, which has not been, which has not happened in Mullins's four years here, he has lost some uh, transfers. Um, that could force a different hand, but I just I'll be surprised, Matt, if that happens.
1: If your phone was anything like mine over the last 48 hours, you got people asking me, well, what do you think's going to happen? Is this guy coming back? Is this guy leaving? Is this guy staying? And, no. and I, I have no insight on that, and I don't know that you have any more insight no. on it. But, no, I,
0: but no can, I really don't.
1: Yeah, but no. uh, but can, can you at least um, guess, uh, as far as a timetable is concerned, when will we know who's coming back for next season? Well, I would think, uh, I think there'll be a pretty good idea around the 13th. That's when
0: players can first go into the portal. Now, um, that is not a deadline. That is not a hard and fast deadline, March 13th, which is what, Tuesday? That's yeah. a week from, uh, week from tomorrow. Uh, that's when they can first go in, and that's when the dam will break. I mean, there'll be a 1,000 players. On that first day, then there'll be some that'll trickle in after that. Uh, we'll get a better feeling, I think, a week going on. The players and the coach wanted to leave it as we'll decide after the season what's going to go on with with us. And you can say, well, you know, Reese or or other people in the media should have you know, should have asked more, and I get that. But if people tell you ahead of time what the answer is, why? Well, why in the world do you? All you can do is communicate to people what that answer would be, um, and uh, and and not force a question that's not going to get answered that you know is not going to get answered. And it's not just asking that question, Paxton and Matt. It's the next questions. The questions to Lance and Marcus right now, uh, Trent Brown to a degree as well, are uh, uh, Xavier Johnson too. Although Johnson's a different. Um, a deal because if he, if he transfers again, he has to sit. So I, and, and technically he has to sit. Now he could get a waiver and move if he wanted to go for his final year somewhere else, but that's a big hassle for him to leave a place where he would start next season. And, and of course Mullins wants them all back. As for the other three, um, you know, the other questions are, well, first of all, to Marcus and to Lance and to Trent to a degree. Um, Who else wants you? What are they offering you? Is it just the scholarship or do they have NIL money? Are they a college team or are they a pro team? Um, What's important to you? Um, Both uh, Marcus especially and Lance also to a degree uh, have some excellent, um, have excellent standing in a lot of the records. DeMass can be the all-time leading scorer. Is that important to him? Um, they're not satisfied by where they are winning-wise. It was crucial for DeMass to get his first tournament win. He hadn't been part of any win on the floor until in the tournament until Friday. So, you know, some of these guys, while they played a ton of games, are babies in terms of team accomplishments. And um, so what's important to them going forward and do they see more wins coming uh, next year in the uh, tournament? Those are all the questions that they didn't want to deal with in February when people would have asked them and they would have viewed them as a distraction. And that's why they asked to wait till after the season. So those questions are coming. And, and when those questions come within the next week, uh, then we'll get more of an idea. But right now it's uh, a speculation. Um and a speculation on who would get what, who should get what, what we think would do, and all those things. And um uh, so we'll see. Uh but I would say, you know, within this week, um and by Tuesday, I think uh we'd get the start of an idea and certainly a better feeling about what's going to happen than we have uh, at uh at what six thirty on uh, on the
1: seven. Talking to Voice of the Salukis, Mike Reese. How different you think the Valley is going to look next season if Darren DeVries, uh gets Drake to the Sweet 16? Is him and Tucker gone? Uh, is is Bradley going to keep their core together? How much better can can Indiana State and Belmont and surely you and I is going to bounce back? I would never bet against Ben Jacobson. What do you think?
0: Well, I think they're in the same. I think they're in the same boat that Southern is right now. And I think the week after the season ends, uh, if you don't make it to the NCAAs, will be um, will be the same every year at this level, and really at the higher level. And you know, there's going to be guys that are going to put their names in the portal who are going to be on NCAA teams next Tuesday. That's how crazy uh, all this is. That's why I think it could go beyond that. Um, get a better idea about Drake after, you know, the week after that. But it's hard to – it's hard – now, it's 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 easy to speculate that they'll leave. It's easy to speculate that – I think UIC has got a decent core, for example, and they're all freshmen and sophomores with Jace Carter leading the way. But when their team doesn't have success and they appear to have some decent players or at least the basis there isn't much of a reason to immediately say, well, they're going to hang on and try to take their team to uh, and rebuild their program and and get USC to the top of, uh, of what is a, um, you know, a mid, a true mid national ranked conference. You know, it's more likely that it seems that a guy like Carter would be interested in in a school closer to home he's played in the minor leagues so to speak and moved to the major leagues and that's where this has unfortunately come to um you know it's hard to know it's hard to you can assume that northern iowa's players would be back you can assume all of these things but you have to qualify everything you just don't know right now it seems like Southern could be the oldest team. It seems uh, it seems a lot of things. But at this time last year, and at this time, you know, two weeks from now, a year ago, Northern Iowa had the best returning team, and they ended up um, with a shell of what they thought they would have and or could have had, and and ended up with a 500 team. <clears throat> Paxton is just hard. To, it, it's hard to it's hard to know, and and of course, you know, you there's a certain time you can get in the portal, but then if your coach leaves. Um, in June, uh, you can go to, uh, you can go to the portal then without any, uh, restrictions. It's, it's certainly very player friendly.
1: Switching gears to, to baseball, silky baseball, a much needed sweep over Ohio over the weekend at Itchy Jones stadium, um. He's still got some issues to fix uh, in the bullpen, but the offense uh, seems like uh, it can set the tone and and keep them in most, if not all, ball games this season.
0: Well, the the, uh, the offense has been uh, there for you know every game as expected. I, I think it's it's harder for Tabor Rog this year than it was a year ago. He had three hits in one game over the weekend and three hits total in the other two games. So. It's not like he's not doing anything, but it's not the success that he saw a year ago. But he's being picked up by his teammates, and eventually, those teammates will gain some focus by opponents as scouting reports uh, get uh, get moved around, and uh, eventually, Rog will uh, will get going. And and over the weekend, the biggest thing to change was they really got <clears throat> excuse me two and a half strong starts. Uh, Chapman uh, had five strong innings. Uh, in the uh, opener against Ohio, then struggled in the sixth, and the bullpen uh, struggled. But after that, Paul uh, Bonzani uh, pitched six and a third uh, innings of strong uh, of, of strong work. And Easton Dermody, uh, in game two on Saturday, pitched seven innings of five-hit shutout baseball. They hadn't gotten that, uh, fellows, in the first um, two weeks of the season. So that was a strong step for them. And uh, now the uh, the next issue is getting consistency out of the bullpen. Steidl, for example, had a good inning and a bad inning, and uh, and Tanner Lewis cleaned it up uh, on Sunday in the series finale. So there are some histrionics from the bullpen coming on right now that haven't been settled yet. But the pitching took a a much needed step in the right direction. I think they even had the uh, the staff a little bit, the coaching staff a little bit shaken at uh, the slow start, just a collective number of players or pitchers that got off to a slow start. So certainly not off to a slow start uh, on offense, to be sure. It looks like it's going to be another home run record-setting team. Maybe not individually,
1: but certainly as a team. And uh, no problem with the defense, leading the nation in double plays with 20 so far uh, this season. So uh,
0: the um, they commit a few more errors. And I think anybody's comfortable with, which extends
1: some innings. But you're right with those double plays; that's one of the ways that you minimize that. Yeah. Uh, SLU Edwardsville coming to the itch uh, tomorrow, and uh, other the, way around. Other way around. Oh, it's at at Edwardsville. Okay. It's at the E, we right. will be at the <laughs> E at uh, three bells with yours
0: truly on the call.
1: All right. And uh, big big hats off to Mike Trude for. Uh, uh, in yes. and calling those Ohio games uh, over the weekend. Yes, and uh, so uh, yes, me- if I wore a hat, I would tip it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, so how, how, many, how many seasons uh, was this uh, for for basketball? I've I've lost count. Of my own personal, um, in uh, I think I'm at fourteen <laughs> or fifteen. I don't know where you're at. Uh, at this point,
0: 44, just, uh, basketball, I've completed 44, 1300 games, over 1300 games. So, uh, it's a fun, it was a fun ball club to be around. It, it's not often, uh, where, um, you know, what's the percentage of the players that you like on the team right So well, I like them all. <laughs> um, but, um, usually you got a couple guys that you really don't care if you ever talk to. (laughs) And, um, that's not the case with this team. And, and that all goes to the top. Um, Mullins is to a fault, um, obsessive, um, about the character of the players that, that he brings in. And, um, and I think that that's for a number of reasons. And the most important one is you have to know who you can coach versus who you wish you could coach. And he knows who he can coach. And he's got to find one or two more that can do a little bit more on the offensive end than what he's recruited to this point. And that's possible. And um, he's confident that he will hit on it and that his way will work, and I think that he feels like that this season validated, validated that, in part because uh, they got that quarterfinal round. Now they've got to find a way to get past the next two or maintain the same and don't have to beat teams with twenty-four and twenty-five year olds on them.
1: Yeah, yeah. you
0: no, know, that's the that's the. Uh, that's the thing, and that's the puzzle, and that's what's fascinating. Uh, he's adamant that it can that it can work. In private conversations, he wants to an emotional uh, an emotional moment to an emotional position. He wants it that bad to be the one to take Southern back to the NCAAs. He. Um, is very proud of what happened to the program when he played here, especially his first two years before the injury set in. He knows what basketball can be like here. He knows that everybody tasted a little bit this season. He knows that most people have no idea what bas- basketball can be like here because, for crying out loud, it's been since 2007. So, um, but the only time he really shows his ego any kind of an ego is when he shares with you, I want in the worst way to take this place back to the NCAAs. And um, and he's going to do it the way he's comfortable doing it because he's seen it when coaches have tried to coach guys that they can't coach in hopes of getting it done. And we're going to see now, and, and look, next year is the fifth year. We're going to have to, we'll see, uh, if the fruits of this pursuit, his dogged pursuit for it, pays off with an NCAA bird.
1: Right. You know, it wouldn't be a bad idea, you know, for recruiting visits. You know, they bring a kid in and they say, okay, spend five minutes with that guy over there on the sidelines with the headset. and then <laughs> We'll grade you on that. <laughs>
0: That is the risk reward factor on that one
1: so. <laughs> well if, if 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 he's okay with Reese he's okay with us so <laughs> <laughs> let's leave it in, uh, let's leave
0: it in mullen's hands huh right. and the players' hands the players um you know that's it's it's all part of the tone that the program that the coach sets in the program to be sure but when it comes time to recruit players are huge it's up to the coaches to define the talent. But once they get in here for uh, a visit, it's what the other players tell them. And, uh, and that really is the key. And then second of all, what they see when they get here, um, those are the two things. Unfortunately, fortunately, Southern's had a couple of recruits uh, here for the biggest moments of the season, including the Belmont game and um, the Belmont home game. With that huge crowd and all the balloons, and they had recruits here for that. And so, um, you know, that helps with the aesthetics of what you're showing. But really what your players tell the recruits when they're one-on-one in apartments during the visit is just so uh, so huge. All right. Voice of the Salukis, yeah. Mike not Reese. Not the radio guy. Not, not the, the guy, guy, not. Not. All right. The headset, it might even be wearing the headset backwards because he didn't know. I don't know.
1: <laughs> the voice of the Salukis, Mike Reese. You can hear him call SIU Baseball at Edwardsville tomorrow at 3 at SIUSalukis.com and on the Salukis mobile app. Uh, thank you for your time. Thank you for the calls this season, and then we'll catch up again soon. All right.